Welcome to the Blessed Journey. My name is Adam Barillet. Join me as we venture back down the path into nature to discover her magic. Let's learn from the animals, heal with the plants, and feel the crystals. When the moon becomes full, let us gaze up to the stars and find our answers in the darkness. There are so many secrets that Mother Nature has for us. Let's go and find them together. Welcome to another episode. I'm really excited to spend some more time with you and hopefully you're excited to spend some time with me as well. Today what I wanted to explore was love. Now the reason I wanted to explore love is because there is a lot happening up in the skies at the moment with retrogrades. Venus in April has gone into retrograde and in May we have two asteroids that are associated with love going into retrograde as well. Now, I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into those retrogrades and what that means and how we can thrive during those times rather than throw our hands up in the air and go, oh, it's all too hard. We're going to look at that in the second half of the podcast, but I wanted to kind of examine nature's gifts, different crystals and essential oils we can work with for love. Now, before I dive into specific crystals or specific essential oils, I wanted to read a little passage about love. And now this is not written by me. It's written by another author. Her name is Deborah Annapole. And it really quite encompasses, um, I guess, the essence of love. Let me read that to you. Love is a force of nature. However much we want to, we cannot command, demand, or disappear love. Any more that we can command the moon and the stars and the wind and the rain to come and go according to our whims. We may have some limited ability to change the weather, but we do so at the risk of upsetting an ecological balance we fully un- or don't fully understand. Similarly, we can stage a seduction or mount a courtship, but the result is more likely to be an infatuation or two illusions dancing together than love. Love is bigger than you are. You can invite love, but you cannot dictate how, when, and where love expresses itself. You can choose to surrender to love, or not. But in the end, love strikes like lightning, unpredictable and irrefutable. You can even find yourself loving people you don't like at all. Love does not come with conditions, stipulations, addendums, and codes. Like the sun, Love radiates independently of our fears and desires. And again, that was by author Deborah Annapole. And why I wanted to share that with you is I often get contacted by people wanting to know what crystals or oils or other gifts of nature that they can use to help to change their love life. You know, what could I sneak under my husband's pillow or what could I put under the bed or put in my children's bedroom, all all those types of things. And I really want to hammer home a bit of a 101 spiritual law is it is against the, the laws of the universe to interrupt or interfere with anyone else's path, their, their journey. As soon as we start doing that, it, it always, you know, karmically can have some bad effects and it doesn't go very well at all. So although we're going to talk about oils and crystals to help foster love in life, 
you'll notice in my languaging, and hopefully you're able to pick that up, that this is not about, okay, this oil makes this person fall in love with you, or this will help with that and that type of thing as well. What is going to happen is it's about changing your approach to love. And as we change our vibration, as I'm sure you've noticed, if you change your mood or your approach to something or how you look at something, the situation changes. And that's what we're going to explore today. So let's look at some classic crystals of love or some of my favorite crystals of love. And the first one I'm going to talk about is rose quartz. Bloomin' rose quartz because... I have an issue with rose quartz. If you ask most people, what is the crystal of love? Pretty much 9 out of 10 will come back and say rose quartz. And I feel it's a bit like the Kardashians, this crystal. It gets far more attention than it deserves because love is such a multifaceted thing. You have different love for a partner when you first meet them. And then as that relationship evolves, that love changes. The love we have for our partner is different from love we have for maybe children or parents, or friends, or nature, or our pets, or our crystals, or all different types of things. So expecting rose quartz to do it all is a really big ask. And the challenge is, rose quartz has a soft, gentle energy. So it is really good in some cases. But if you're looking at attracting a new lover, unless you're looking for someone who would like to sit in bed with you and do crosswords hour after hour, then rose quartz may not have the right passion or pull because it is that soft and gentle love. It's beautiful around the family home, in healing rooms, meditation centers, where you want to have that soft, gentle, comforting kind of love. It's also really good for forgiveness. But if you want to kind of fire things up, then I'd look for something different. So let's dive into a few different crystals. So two that I find are really good for balancing relationships. The first one is called rhodonite. R-H-O-D-O-N-I-T-E. Now, rhodonite, you often find it, it's got a combination of pink and black. So you've got this kind of grounding energy of the black with that loving energy of the pink. Now, I want you to think about the last time you had an argument with a loved one. Now, regardless of who was right and who was wrong, because we all know you were right, I'm sure the reason you got upset with them was because they weren't fulfilling an expectation you were holding. And so what can happen sometimes in relationships, and I can definitely relate to this, is time after time after time, you have this expectation and your your partner is not meeting it. Like, I have lost the frigging plot at a wet towel on the bed. And that was just a straw that broke the camel's back. It was, I was sick of cleaning up and all that kind of thing and tidying up after my partner. And so sometimes when a relationship gets too fiery and we're forgetting about what really matters... It's good to work with road night. It kind of grounds those expectations and helps us to be a bit more realistic. It's great with romantic partners. It's great with children. It's also great, you know, maybe in a workplace. Let's just say that at your home, when you finish with dishes, you take them to the sink, you rinse them out, and you put them on the drainer to dry. Other households might put them in the sink and they'll wash it all at the end of the day. Now, that could happen in a shared office space, in a shared kitchen. And it becomes a whole issue. And Diana from HR sends around emails and laminate signs and puts them all around the kitchen. If you don't clean your coffee cup, we'll all lose coffee cup privileges and all that type of thing. Gets blown out of proportion over a little bit of coffee. Roadnight would be really good in that situation as well. Roadnight's really good also for having realistic expectations on yourself. Would you all agree that after, you know, 10 years ago, we could do a lot more than we can these days? 
Definitely. And so sometimes we beat ourselves up because we can't, we can't do things like we used to. Or maybe we've injured ourselves or we've fallen ill and we need to take it easy. Or maybe we've incurred um, some type of disability and we can't do things like we used to anymore. Having realistic expectations, Road Night, is a really great crystal for that. Now, kind of energetically opposite to that, similar name, very different looking crystal, is Rhodochrosite. Now, Rhodochrosite is, you often find lines of pink and white, found often in South America, and there the indigenous people believe that it was formed from the blood of their ancestors, being buried layer on layer over time. Now, Rhodochrosite, has a fiery energy to it, and it helps to bring back a bit of spark to relationship. So when there's too much fire, we might want to go for road night, but if there's not much, you know, I remember one of one of my students I was working with, she was creating a crystal grid, and she'd been married to her husband for 23 years, and we said, it was just like two people, we're just living in a house together, with two ships passing in the night, there's no connection anymore. And so we use Rhodochrosite to help to bring a bit more intimacy and spark and connection into that relationship again. So Rhodochrosite's really good for that. It's also really good, it helps us connect with our bloodline. So those in our family, in our life right now, those that are past, and also it's amazing for helping people to fall pregnant. If you think on a spiritual level, what needs to happen with your soul as a mother to bring in a baby into incarnation, into this reality, is your soul needs to connect with a soul that hasn't come through yet and bring that in. And Rhodochrosite helps to do that. So there are other great fertility crystals. Moonstone is great. Green Adventuring is great. I love um, Carnelian, especially for men and their fertility. But Rhodochrosite might be another one you want to include in that mix as well. So these are two really basic crystals that one brings down a bit more grounding, earthing energy and settles down relationships that are a bit too fiery. On the other hand, those that are a bit too fiery can be kind of boosted a little bit by awakening more passion and finding what you find interesting in your partner again and asking those questions and that curiosity and rhodochrosite really helps with that. Now, there are some other really high vibration crystals that are amazing for bringing love into your life. So let me first of all talk to all the singles. All the single ladies? No, I won't sing. Um, a bit of Beyonce there. No, it wasn't at all. It was Beyonce lyrics, not Beyonce singing, for sure. Anyway, if you're single, again, Rose Quartz, I said, not good for attracting love unless you want that gentle kind of love. Let me talk to you about two of my favourites. And these are the two that I worked with when I um, attracted my partner, who I've now been with for about 13 years. The first one is Kunzite, K-U-N-Z-I-T-E, an amazingly beautiful pinky purple lilac kind of crystal, a bit rarer, a bit more expensive, but this is what I consider the highest vibration crystal in the pink realms, in the loving realms. This is a crystal that helps to attract soulmates. So this is not the crystal that you give to your teenage son or daughter to help them attract their first partner, unless you want that partner in their life for the rest of their life. This is one when you have done your work, you're like, right, I'm ready to meet someone special. That's when we work with Kunzite. So that's a really beautiful one to work with. And the other one I love is Pink Tourmaline. 
tourmalines help to balance out any imbalances in our loving relationships or our attitude for love. It's also really good for attracting things that are different. So if you're looking for a relationship different from the ones in the past, which we often are, pink tourmaline is good. And why I love pink tourmaline as well, it's really good for attracting foreign lovers. So if you're looking for something a bit exotic, then pink tourmaline is really good. So these were the two crystals I worked with when I was looking at bringing in a partner. I'd been single for a few years, dating occasionally kind of thing, but I was just like, nah, let's get this sorted, locked down and moved on kind of thing. So the first thing I did is I sat down and I wrote a list because I find a lot of the time we're really clear on what we don't want in love. Like we don't want this, we don't want a jerk like the last one, we don't want this and that kind of thing. But that's kind of like going to a restaurant and the waiter goes, what can I get you? And you go, well, I don't want salad and I don't want soup. And the waiter goes back to the kitchen and goes, I have no freaking idea what to get them. So write down what you want. So I was really clear. I wrote down physical attributes. I wrote down personality attributes. Um, I chose the star sign Leo. I'd always like Leos and their dynamic personality. So I chose a Leo. Um, I don't like cooking. So I wrote loves to cook. Now, one thing I did get stuck on was I love accents. But I, I love lots of different accents. I love the Spanish accents, some of the French accents, some of the British ones. Um, there's a whole range of different accents I love. And I didn't want to choose one. So I just wrote exotic accent. Anyway, what I would do is I'd work with pink tourmaline and kunzite. And I'd use a bit of feng shui. In my bedroom, you know, think about when you're single. A lot of the time when we're single in our bedroom, we spread ourselves out over the whole room. We've got two bedside tables. And they're both covered with our rubbish. Energetically... That is saying, I have no room for anyone else in this room or in my life. And so what I recommend is clear off any of your possessions off one bedside table. You can also make room in closets and drawers and different things like that, as though they're moving in today. Then what I did on that bedside table is I put a red candle. I anointed it with oils, and I'll talk about oils in a little while. And then against that candle was a mirror. Each night... I would light that candle and I would play the same song and I would close my eyes and visualize a um, being with that person. Now, when I say visualize, I would work on all the four senses apart from sight. Because if you're visualizing someone who's blonde with blue eyes, what are you doing? That's right, you're cutting out the brown-haired, blue, um, green-eyed people and all that type of thing as well. Also, we don't want to visualize someone that we're not in a relationship with yet because, again, that's going against that law that we spoke about at the start. But it was about a feeling and sensing being with that person. And I actually have a guided meditation recorded. It's available on iTunes or on my website. It's on my Love Guided Meditation CD, and it guides you through that meditation doing that. And I do that, a shortened version of that, each night listening to that song, and I'd light that candle. And what would I be creating with that candle? That candle was right next to the mirror. And so there was a candle flame, and then in the reflection, another flame, a twin flame. I'd hold those crystals, I'd visualize that, all that would work together, and I'd carry those crystals during the day to keep that energy around me and to look for different opportunities. Nine months later, I met my partner who I've now been with for 13 years. But remember how I told you to be specific with your list? I had written exotic um, accent. And in the end, I got myself an American. 
Now, hello to all our American listeners. I, I really appreciate your support in that kind of thing. I love Americans. I spend a lot of time in America now because of my partner. Um, but the accent isn't always something I'd I'd say would be exotic. It wasn't what I had in mind. But that's why you have to be clear. So <laughs> just a little lesson. Learn from my mistake. Um, my mistake in not being specific. Not my mistake in dating or being with an American. Americans are fab. Okay, now you're in a relationship. What are two crystals you can work with to really help to balance out a relationship? The first one I love is a crystal called Morganite. Now, Morganite is part of the Beryl family. I love the idea of the Beryl family. It's a family of crystals, and I always think of a bunch of old women sitting around a fire knitting barrels. But barrels are crystals that grow in rods, hexagonal rods. And you've probably heard of other ones such as green beryl, emerald, or blue beryl, which is aquamarine. And pink beryl is called Morganite. So these, because they grow in rods, have this kind of ebb and flow energy that floats backwards and forwards. And this is a really great crystal for helping to bring balance and equality to relationships. Now, the fact that you were drawn to listen to this podcast would suggest that you're a sensitive person, a caring person, quite empathetic. And in relationships, I'm thinking that you might give a lot. And one thing I've had a challenge with throughout my relationships is how do we balance compromising, like equal give and take, with sacrificing too much of ourselves and how do we know when that's in balance morganite is a really good crystal to help you make those judgments of this is what's important to me and i'm not willing to sacrifice this but hey if we watch what you want to watch on television every second night then i'm okay with that or if you choose a restaurant tonight i'm okay with that and that type of thing as well so having that crystal on will help you to know when to compromise and when not to compromise and where, where, where your line in the sand is and also by having that around a house maybe near a photo of the two of you will emanate an energy of equality morganite is also really great on a greater scale for all types of equality especially when you're in a minority so women's rights gay rights transgender rights um you know different racial rights or religious rights whatever that may be even animal rights morganite is really good in that kind of meditation realm or making crystal grids we'll we'll cover all them at later dates in future podcasts on how to work with that but borgonite is really good for an equal relationship now if you'd like to surround your relationship in love there's a crystal called petalite p-e-t-a-l like the petal of a flower i-t-e comes in white but i'm going to talk specifically about the pink petalite pink petalite is absolutely amazing it does encompass it enshrouds you in a bubble of love and this is a practice that I teach to people, um, especially if you have a partner, if you travel a lot like I do, or you have a partner that travels for work or any of that type of thing, try this. Get two pieces of petalite. It can be jewelry or tumbled stones or raw stones, whatever you want, ideally from the same place. So they're kind of like they're related. And bind them together in a ribbon for a full lunar cycle from new moon to the next new moon. And then... What happens after that, you can untie the ribbon and you carry one of those pieces and your partner carries the other. And maybe while they're away, you know, when you talk to each other on the phone, you both hold it. And those two crystals are energetically bound to each other. They've been bound for a whole lunar cycle and they have that pull. So you can do that. You could also do that with children as well. If you have a child that's going and living abroad or lives far away, gone to college or something like that, this can be a really good way at maintaining that bubble of love around you and keeping that closeness. So those are a couple of crystals of love that I really enjoy. There are so many others. There's, you know, thalite, 
T-H-U-L-I-T-E, which is great for first dates, is tug to bite, which brings out our passions. There are, you know, pink sapphire, which helps with commitment. Pink opal, which helps us with being more playful in love. Whole range of different ones. I'd really implore you to experiment and research different pink crystals. And we'll dive into more as time goes on as well which could be more relevant to your love life than good old rose quartz. Rose quartz has its place, but only one place in this whole vast, I guess, gamut of love crystals. And not all love crystals are pink either. There are other ones, but those are the ones for today. Now let's also look at essential oils, because pairing crystals and essential oils together can be absolutely amazing, and essential oils can work really quickly on the body, the mind, and the spirit. I'm going to focus on a group of essential oils today, and I'm going to talk about floral essential oils. Because when you look at where on a plant an oil is gifted to you from, it tells you a lot. Now, when we think of floral essential oils and we think of flowers, flowers are already associated with love. What do we get on Valentine's Day? You'd probably be a bit disappointed if your beloved sent you a bunch of branches or leaves. So flowers are associated with love. They are actually the sexual organs of plants as well. And what is the action of a flower? It opens up, it blossoms, it blooms. And what do we want to do in love with our emotions? We want to open up. Sometimes we close off because of hurt or suffering, but the flowers help us in different ways. Now, the first essential oil of love that will probably come to mind is rose. Rose is an amazing essential oil. It's one of my absolute favorites. There's actually a story about Rose coming into creation. And the goddess Flora wanted to create the most divine, perfect flower ever. So she created the flower and then called upon Aphrodite or Venus to bless it with its beauty. She then called upon Dionysus. Now, if you haven't heard of Dionysus, he was a cool god. He was the god of wine, a bit of a party god. And she asked Dionysus to give the rose its sweet, alluring nectar so that no one could resist its smell. She then called upon Zephyrus, the god of the west wind, the direction of love, to blow all the clouds out of the way so that Apollo, the radiant god of the sun, could shine his um, light onto the rose, allow it to blossom and show its glory to the world. Now, that's a big effort, a very heavenly flower, and thus the essential oil that comes out of that is very divine, and it does teach us unconditional love. Now, a lot of the time, We say, oh, I love my partner unconditionally and all that type of thing. But I often question that, and, you know, in an exaggerated way. If you came home tonight and your partner had burnt down the house and thrown away all your crystals or your essential oils or something like that, would you still love them? Maybe not, kind of thing. And so we do have expectations. That's an extreme example. But like we're talking about with the road night, what happens when a partner doesn't wash the dishes when they said they would, or they forget your birthday or something like that. We get upset. And so Rose helps us to rise above those trivialities sometimes and be realistic in that way and to decide, okay, is this the most important thing? Is this worth upsetting the the harmony of this loving relationship on? As we release our partners and the people in our lives of expectation we give them the freedom to be who they want to be and thus we also give ourselves the freedom to be who we are think about how much you alter your behavior based on other people 
when do we bite our tongue and not say something because we know it will upset our partner or trigger our partner? Or where do we hide something from our kids so they don't get upset? Or another extreme example, why are you wearing clothing right now? And if you're not, I didn't intend people to listen to this podcast naked, but you know we wear clothing mainly because if we went out naked, people would look at us and would feel uncomfortable and we'd be judged. Sometimes we wear it to keep ourselves warm and for self-expression, but I'm guessing the main reason you put clothes on each morning is for everyone else's expectations. And so Rose helps us to give us that freedom to be who we want to be, rather than trying to fulfill everyone's expectations. Basically, we end up becoming a shell of who we are because we spend our whole lives trying to please everyone else, trying to get showered in their perfume and their compliments and all that, and not upset anyone. Rose helps us to rise above that, give other people freedom to be who they are, but also freedom to be who we are as well. So an amazing essential oil to work with on that energetic level. Now let's look at some other ones as well. Sometimes we can get a bit serious in love. And there are two essential oils from the same tree, um, but in different parts of the world, that are absolutely amazing for helping us just relax into our love and the pleasure of love. And they are Ylang-Ylang, and I love Ylang-Ylang that comes from Madagascar. And I love Kananga, which is the same tree, but growing in Indonesia and other parts of the world. And what happens when you move a tree around the world, whether it be nature or man moving it around, the chemistry of the plant changes, and thus the essential oil does as well. Overall, Ylang-Ylang works really well with the heart chakra. It allows us to have pleasure of the heart. And Kananga works a bit more with the solar plexus chakra and brings in that playfulness. So it's very much pleasure from Ylang-Ylang and playfulness from Kananga. Now, when I smell these oils, they take me off to tropical places where the weather is perfect, the sun's shining, a light, warm breeze, everyone is gorgeous, you know, that kind of real romantic kind of atmosphere. And that's kind of what those oils will awaken within us. Sometimes we, whether it be in love or in life, we allow pleasure at a certain point. It's as though once I've done all my obligations or fulfilled all these things or someone's met my expectations, then I'll enjoy it. Then I'll enjoy pleasure in my life. And Ylang-Ylang and Kananga really say, lighten up, just have fun. There's a favorite, there's this great passage called The Charge of the Goddess. And it, in one line it says, you know, all acts of pleasure and love are a celebration of my creation. And the goddess gave us these amazing things on the earth for us to enjoy. And each time we actually nourish ourselves and dive right into them, it's like me giving you a gift and you, you loving it as opposed to having a gift and leaving it on a shelf. So these two oils really help you to relax into love. Ylang-Ylang and the Kananga are really good as well. I love them as sleep oils. They help me get a better night's sleep. Being a Gemini, I have a very active mind. It's always ticking. And I'm sure many of you can relate to that as well. So whereas other oils such as vetiver or lavender or marjoram is really good at calming down the mind, sorry, Kananga or Ylang-Ylang calm... Sorry, the others calm down the body. Ylang-Ylang and Kananga calm down the mind. So just a make sure I got that clear, you know, vetiver, um, lavender, marjoram, cedarwood, great for calming down the body, kananga and ylang-ylang, I find calm down the mind. So again, allowing us to 
relax into love, relax into sleep, fall into sleep. You know, we don't want to make love or not, because not tonight, I'm stressed. You know, let's just calm down the mind and allow love and pleasure back into our lives. So they can be really good if you're a bit uptight, maybe with a bit of pink tourmaline. That could, they're a really good combination. Another oil I really like, and this is a polarizing oil. When I first got this oil, I thought, oh, I'm excited about this. This is a heart chakra oil, and the oil I'm talking about is geranium. Now, I opened up that little bottle, eagerly to smell this geranium, and took a big, big inhalation, and I was like, oh, yuck. I hated it. Now, what I have found, when someone does not like the smell of an essential oil, it suggests to me what that oil governs in the emotional and the spiritual realms, there's an issue there. And we can find ways to work with that, and that can, you know, that gives us keys. And now, if I told you, obviously, that, okay, you don't like geranium, you need to put it in diffuser and smell it every night, and be like, not a chance in hell, Adam. You'd want, you know, but there are subtle ways to work with that. We'll explore that at a later date. But geranium is all about trust. Now, from some of the things I'd read in the past, it said, you know, maybe if you had a rough relationship with a parent, then you might have trust issues when you're older in relationships. Now, I got along really well with my father when he was alive, and I still get along really well with my mother. And, you know, so I couldn't really relate to that. But I knew that I didn't like geranium. But then I did a bit of contemplation, and I want you to think about your first ever love, probably when you were in high school. Now, I would argue that we don't love any greater than that, because those people we become infatuated with. You know, they are our sun, our moon, our stars, they're everything. We can't stop thinking about them. We're practicing signing our name with their surname, all these different kind of crazy things. But two weeks later, you catch them behind the bike shed, pashing your best friend. And so suddenly, you're hurt and your trust comes down. And then it happens again in relationships and again in relationships. And next relationship we go into, we're just like 90% in. Because we don't want to get hurt again. And then 80%. And sometimes by the time we get into adulthood, we're just 40% in. And we'll see how this person goes. And they have to deal with all the baggage and all the rubbish from the past instead of having a fresh canvas. Geranium opens us up, blossoms us back up to trust again. It's really good for that. Now, that could be in love, that could be with family, in business, friends, whatever that may be. So, if you're not, if, if trust is an issue for you, then geranium can be really good in that type of way as well. Now, if you're ready for kind of a real, we were talking about crystals like kunzite before and that real soul connection and that type of thing, that's where I'd want to be looking at. Oils such as Blue Lotus is amazing, and also Jasmine. Jasmine attracts soul love into our lives. It's very much, it's a lunar oil, it's a white flower, so it's connected with the full moon. And the full moon, of course, shines. The moon, which is a feminine symbol, shines because the male sun shines upon her and illuminates her. She doesn't create her own light. So it's about that union of the masculine and the feminine energies. Regardless of your sexuality, it's a joining of those two yin and yang energies together. So jasmine's great for attracting soul love in. It could be something that you could anoint that candle in that I was talking about before in that little practice. And the final oil I want to talk about is one that I've kind of really got into recently. Um, again, it was an oil I didn't have a good um, relationship with, and it was neroli which comes from the orange blossom of the bitter orange tree. Now, neroli works quite well with several chakras, but I really like it with the sacral chakra, which is our intimacy chakra. 
Now, intimacy can be with a partner, it can be sexual, or it can be with just getting to know you know someone and opening up and showing who you truly are. And to be honest, I personally, why I wasn't keen on Neroli is I know I'm more comfortable talking on stage to 8,000 people than I am sitting with someone who I'm not too sure, um, who I, have, I don't know too well, because I'm worried about what to talk about and what to say and will, how I look and all that kind of thing. And I struggle with that type of intimacy. Neroli is a scent that nature nymphs in the past would use the aroma of Neroli to seduce young men and women out of their bedchambers and into the woods. Ladies of the night would use neroli to seduce clients, and neroli would be scattered over the beds of newlyweds to help the bride relax on her um, first night. In fact, neroli and jasmine essential oils were anointed all through Cleopatra's sails when Mark Antony, oh, sorry, when she sailed up the Nile to go and seduce Mark Antony. That poor guy did not stand a chance. So neroli helps to invite us out to explore new things. And, you know, if we do what we've always done, we're going to get what we've always got. If we're looking for new love or exciting love or going to the next level, level, whether you're in a relationship or out of a relationship, neroli is going to summon you out and awaken you out in that type of way. So bring these oils into your life. With crystals, if you're holding them nearby you, their energy surrounds with your energy and opportunities and things will change. Same with oils. Get them in you, on you, or around you. However, they can safely be used, whether it be diffused, anointed, some you can cook with, or flavor foods and different things with. There's a whole range of different ways to use oils as well. However, you feel comfortable using them and is recommended by the company that supplies them is amazing. And as long as that energy is dancing around yours, you'll start to feel change. Now, we're going to take a short break, but after the break, we're going to explore what's happening in the heavens right now over the next couple of months that may be relevant, and you may find there's some changes in your relationships as well. So we'll be back right after this break. Welcome back to The Blessed Journey with Adam Barraday. I notice that I keep on saying we'll be back. I don't know who we are. It's just me sitting here with you. But anyway, maybe because I'm a Gemini, there's more than one of me. We were talking about love, crystals and essential oils in this episode, and I wanted the reason I wanted to dive in a little bit deeper to tools and gifts of nature that can help us with love is because what's happening recently astrologically is going to bring up issues of love. So you've probably heard of Mercury retrograde before. It happens three or four times a year for about three weeks. And what a retrograde actually is. Now, if you go out and watch the sky and watch the sun and the moon, they kind of go along the same path, the same train track. They go round in circles and follow each other. Now, not only do the sun and the moon travel along that um, kind of railroad, but all the other planets do as well, as well as the asteroids and everything. It's kind of like the disks or the um, rings of Saturn. We're all kind of, they're all circulating in that kind of shape. So... On occasion, what people have noticed is that suddenly they're all going the same way and then one of the planets looks like it's jammed its into reverse and gone backwards through the sky. Now, that's not what happens. That is what's called retrograde, but what it's the position between the sun, planet Earth, and that planet that makes it look like it's going backwards in the sky. It's not actually doing that. But what has been noticed by people over the th- centuries working with astrology, that when a planet is in retrograde, whatever it governs, it takes that energy away. So 
with Mercury, the one we know and hear about the most, because it happens most often, is Mercury rules things such as electronics, communication, short trips, timing, contracts, agreements, and communication. So all those things that it normally supports us with, it takes that energy away. It's kind of like, I want you to think of, it's like you're a teenager and your parents have left you alone at home by yourself for a whole week. And you're sitting there going, let's see how you go. And so we have this option with every retrograde. We can either burn the house down and go, oh my God, I can't do anything by myself. Or we can learn to thrive because as issues come up, as problems come up, we can deal with them, we can learn from them, and we can evolve and not make those mistakes in the past. So retrogrades will actually give us a situation or a scenario to see where there's a problem in our life and then we can fix it, especially once the planet goes back into direct motion so it looks like it's going the right way along that train track, then the energy is there supporting you to make those changes. So we're going to dive into a few love retrogrades that are happening. The first one, the most major one, occurs on the 13th of May and will occur for about 40 days to the 25th of June. And this is Venus retrograde. Of course, we know Venus. It is the planet that rules romantic relationships, pleasure, sensuality, beauty, as well as financial abundance. And so that's what she's blessing upon the Earth all of the time. When she goes into retrograde, what's going to happen is that kind of thing, all those types of things we've just mentioned are going to be taken away from you. So what you may find is that they'll feel a lack of love and sumptuousness and pleasure and luxury, and your life will feel a little bit less abundant. It'll feel a bit barren in some ways type of thing. And this is a really great time to start evaluating not just your romantic relationships, but all interpersonal relationships in work, in health, in time, in all areas of your life. It's a period to discern who and what actually brings value into your life and what does not. Now, what you'll find during this time as well is everyone will kind of become a bit more isolated. Your partner may become less affectionate. Your kids may contact you less or, or want to spend time with you less and that type of thing. Now, you have two options with Venus Retrograde. You can either get frustrated by everyone around you as you start to realize, I'm not getting what I want, or you can actually establish ways to fulfill your own needs. And remember, we're talking about earlier in this podcast about unconditional love. This is a great way to learn unconditional love. So it's great to work out, okay, where do I want love? What do I want? And get really clear on that. Who is giving that to me and who is not? And also, how do I want love in my life to appear and to make some changes? So all these loving issues are going to bubble up between the middle of May and the middle or nearly to the end of June. Great, over my birthday. But this is, again, anything comes up around love, look at it. Don't start pointing the finger. Don't get annoyed at your partner because they're withdrawn. Maybe you're not making love as much or maybe any of those types of things. Someone's not fulfilling your need. The key word in that sentence is your need, not someone. How can you fulfill your own needs of feeling sexy, nurtured, loved, without the expectation of other people? 
Hmm, an interesting challenge. Now, some other little kind of more trivial things with Venus retrograde. Um, you may find old lovers and old friends will come back into your life, um, an opportunity to make amends and finally move on if there's any love hurts that have kind of kept you anchored in the past. This is a really great time to have um, heart-to-heart conversations, apologize, um, because everyone's feeling a little bit more unloved, they're a little bit more vulnerable, a little bit more open kind of thing. Um People, as I said before, people around you are going to turn a bit more inward. Um, so there will be probably less intimacy. Um, but this is really great self-care time. So Venus retrograde is a self-care time. Look after yourself. And um, there is a tendency when we're talking about self-care and nurturing ourselves. Okay, my partner's not making me feel loved. I'm going to go do something and buy something like a luxury good. Um, or change my appearance, or that type of thing. But Venus retrograde is about taste and beauty, and she takes that influence away, so we kind of have bad taste. (laughs) So this is not a time. Between the 13th of May and the 25th of June, do not go dramatically changing your hairstyle, or redecorating your house, or splashing out on a brand new car, or um, selling valuables, anything like that type of thing um or having an affair don't have an affair this time wait until afterwards and make sure that that you're definitely not in a relationship you want to do in and all that type of thing as well your taste is not going to be the best as well little things to know so this is a really great time to work out what nourishes you and how to nourish yourself um the crystals that i love rose quartz is good during this time because it is about that soft gentle nurturing love in that type of way and then a lot of the oils that i spoke about in the first half which one of them really connects with you and what makes you feel nourished one oil that i didn't talk about before it's not a flower oil but it's very much about commitment and connection and reconnecting that and is sacred sacred to the goddess venus is marjoram Marjoram is a beautiful herb essential oil. I find it very warming. It's great for, I love rubbing it into my muscles when the thaw relaxes them. It helps me get to sleep at night. So soothing. But on an emotional level, it strengthens commitment. It used to be used, it's sacred to both Venus and her son Hymen, who was the god of marriage and commitment. And newlyweds would wear wreaths of uh, marjoram, or marjoram would be used in hand fasting or marriage rites to bring that commitment between two people. It also helps with commitment to Mother Earth and connection to Gaia as well. So marjoram's a really nice one that um, I'm actually, Venus has gone into retrograde on the day I'm recording this, so I am actually diffusing marjoram around my house at the moment to nourish me and focus on a bit of self-care. Now, so that one's gone into retrograde. Now, not only do all the planets go into retrograde, but there are lots of other astrological bodies floating around in the sky. Mainly, these are asteroids, big, large rocks. They don't warrant the title of a planet, but they can still have a bit of an influence on us energetically, not as dramatically as the big planets, but especially those that are really sensitive to energy and energy shifting, these can. So I want to talk about two. The first one is Cupido. So this is the asteroid named after Cupid, the god of desire, attraction, and affection. You know, wherever Cupid or Cupido, the asteroid appears in your birth chart, will often give you an indication of what turns you on and what you're attracted to. And as he moves around the heavens through our birth, 
or through our astrological charts, it'll actually change what you're drawn to and what you find sexy and that kind of thing. So Cupido awakens like this tremendous passion within you that doesn't know laws or rules and um, you know is very much all, it's not just about relationships, about overall what you're drawn to and what kind of keeps that flame of desire and passion alight. Now obviously when we hear the word passion we think of love and romance, but also other things that we're passionate about as well. So Cupido also helps you understand your personal allure. Now during Cupido retrograde, so 2nd of June all the way to the 28th of August, you'll start to feel a little less attractive. And romantic partners, as well as, um, as well as their passions, can lose their appeal. So it all goes a bit flat, really. What's the opportunity here? Here's your chance to look beyond the surface. Cupido is very much about just attraction and drawing someone into your life, or that first initial spark. But as we know, for something to be a sustained long-term relationship, we need something to keep that fire alive within us. And so this is a great time to look beyond the surface of what your soul truly wants from relationships and totally in life as well. And it's a time to really go inward and explore your soul's desire and ensure that your current situation that you're in is in alignment with not that. And if it's not, after August 28th, so September, that's when you want to start making changes again. So oils that will um, help you with that. Um, again, things that really awaken our passions. Cardamom essential oil is really great. And there's an Australian native oil, Baronia, can be really helpful as well. Crystals, I'd be looking at things like pink opal and another great crystal called tugtopite, T-U-G-T-U-P-I-T-E. And I've got a video on YouTube about that. We'll explore tugtopite at a later date as well if you want to find out about that. Now, not only do we have Cupido going retrograde on the 2nd of June, but on the 14th of June, Amore goes into retrograde as well. So Moors are near-Earth asteroids, are quite close to Earth and named after the Roman god of love. Um, the asteroid represents compassion, empathy, and loving kindness. So more, whereas Cupid is that passion and that initial kind of um, drawing, Amor's a bit more, you know, loving. Amor represents a state of loving rather than just falling in love kind of thing. It represents love of anything dear to the heart. So this is beyond romance and our partners again. It expresses the loving kindness Amor is very much about without judgment or expectation of return. It's the asteroid that speaks to that kind of love that exists between parents and children, owners and their pets, humanitarians in society. It says, I love you. And it is. Amor is that more kind of unconditional love. So during um, Amor retrograde, the concept of what love is can become a bit distract, uh, distorted. And you find the energy shift kind of intensifies like your perfectionist kind of um, conditions placed on attaining all types of love. You might become overly idealistic, controlling, or attach a list of entitlements um, with their definitions of love or what love should be. Conversely, you can become judgmental on humanity at large or feel so intrinsically unlovable that you stop reaching out um, for to anyone in a loving way. You might even attract those that cannot um, or will not return affection in a normal way and find that the love that comes your way is um, far from suitable in that. So it's very much you find a real distortion in love between th these next few months. And this is why we want, I wanted to dive into these love crystals. When you start feeling that you're giving too much or becoming resentful, pay attention to these warning bells. 
any relationship, romantic or platonic, that does not feel like it can organic, organically give and take care of others without condition needs attention. Remember, we're talking about that unconditional love, and this will start to bring this all up for us to look at. Allow the insights that arise from these discomforts to allow to, for you to understand um, what makes you f- feel comfortable giving to in the world. Does that make sense? So we've been talking about unconditional love and it'll really start to spark up from mid-June all the way till mid-September. When those when we start to get irritated, this is our choice with retrogrades. This is where I get excited and also I'd love to educate about retrogrades is each time a retrograde brings up an issue, we can either have a spaz and get upset and cry and fall on the floor and cry like a baby or we can go, right, what is this showing me? What is not right? Because when we emotionally don't feel right or we mentally don't feel right, that's a signal from our soul saying, hey, something is out of alignment with your soul mission. Let's look at it. So love in all its different forms is going to be coming up in different ways for us in the next few months, starting from mid-May all the way through to mid-September. So be aware of that. Now, another thing that I'm really passionate about working with that we can call upon to help us and guide us through love are angels. And there are a few different angels that I really like. Um, One, probably the the greatest angel of love is Chamuel, C-H-A-M-U-E-L. His name means he who seeks God. And he basically, he's like a pink ray of light. He channels down to earth and blesses us all with that unconditional love. He teaches us trust, tolerance, and compassion. He basically wants to bring peace and love to everyone. So whenever we need that, whenever we need to feel loved and be encompassed in love, then Chamuel is a great angel to work with as well. And with the oils and the crystals and all that type of thing, you might ask Chamuel. And Chamuel is just basically an essence. Remember, all most of the angels, their names end in E-L, and that means of God. So they're a, a slice of the pie of God or the universe or goddess or the divine, whatever you want to call that. And so we can channel, okay, that loving aspect, that pink ray aspect, I need to focus on that. So Chamuel, that's the name I'm giving to that slice of pie, that God pie. Um, And you can bring in your crystals and your oils to help you as well, to work through all this. Whatever, Whatever resonates with you, go with that. If you don't like crystals, if you're loving the oils, though, dive into the oils. If oils aren't your thing, grab the crystals. If you love angels, go with that. All of them will get you to that end point to help you support you in realizing unconditional love. So crystals that I love with um, with Chamuel, I love Mangano Calcite. Calcites are good for cleansing away. And Mangano Calcite is a soft pink calcite. It helps to cleanse away issues of love. It helps with forgiveness. And a lot of the time, being able to forgive ourselves and other people allows the pathway of love to come back. So it's really good. On a higher level, if you want a bit more of a high vibration level, that's where I'd work with petalite and bringing people together, as we talked about in the first half of this podcast. I'd have to make some essential oil blends, and I would combine geranium, magnolia, and rose for Chamuel. So Chamuel is the most well-known of the love angels, but let me give you three more that you might want to call on as well. You may have got a little bit excited when I was talking about how to attract soulmates before with Kunzite and that Feng Shui practice and the Twin Flame and all that. There's another angel called Donquel, D-O-N-Q-U-E-L. He is the angel you call upon to help you find your soulmate. 
So he brings soul relationships together. Now here is where I do those crystals of spark. So either rhodochrosite is a really great lead-in crystal for working with Donquel, or kunzite, of course. If you want to use an essential oil blend, I'd use jasmine, rose, and pink pepper. A really good good combination for Donquel. For um, initial love, if you're out on the dating scene and that type of thing and want to kind of spark some new interest, Miniel, M-I-N-I-E-L. Green Jade can be a really good one. It's about, uh, Miniel's about what love can we give to the world and often it's about showing and making a good impression and that kind of thing. Green Jade is great for that. And a crystal called Thalite, T-H-U-L-I-T-E. I call it the Bow Ticka Wow Wow crystal. It really helps to waken that femme fatale or that Don Juan kind of energy. Really nice. So mini oil is really good for those that are out dating and that type of thing. The blend of oils I use for mini oil is Kananga for that childlike energy. Osmanthus, which is great for new beginnings. And Yarrow is amazing as well. Now, some of you may be on the other end of relationships and it's time to leave a relationship that's no longer serving you. An angel called Requiel, R-E-Q-U-I-E-L, is really good. And Requiel is really good for helping to sever relationships that no longer serve us. Here we can use uh, crystals like Bustamite, uh, spelled B-U-S-T-A-M-I-T-E. You might want to tr- look at um, crystals such as get returning back to comfort like brown tourmaline, Hackmanite can be good, black tourmaline, azurine, which is spelled A-E-G-I-R-I-N-E. Those are really good for breakup kind of crystals and that kind of thing as well. The blend I'd use for Requiem would be clove, pink pepper, and palmarosa. So there's a few angels that you might want to call on for a bit of heavenly divine help as well. So some interesting things will be happening in the realm of love. And this is a really great time for us to learn to improve and be better in relationship with ourselves and relationships with those that are special to us in our lives. And as normal, we have Mother Earth gifting us amazing crystals and essential oils. We have heavenly helpers in the angelic realms to guide us through this so that we can grow and evolve and make a bigger um, difference in the world. So I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, Exploring Love. Look after yourself. And look after your loved ones in these coming months. And I look forward to sharing some more magic from nature in our next podcast here on The Blessed Journey. Thank you so much for joining me on The Blessed Journey today. I hope what we've explored has helped to ignite a light within you so you may shine a little bit brighter out in the world. Feel free to subscribe so you get notified of future episodes and I love receiving your five-star reviews and reading your comments. Until the next episode, check me out on social media. Go to adambarillet.com. Find me under Adam Barillet at YouTube and Instagram, as well as Crystal Connections with Adam Barillet on Facebook. I look forward to joining you again soon. Blessed be.